Greetings queens, Habarizenu my sisters, Habarizenu beautiful women, how are you all doing? Welcome back to the Maito podcast. My name is Naja, I am your host and the creator of the Maito workshop. If it's your first time here, Karibuni Sana. Get ready to have fun while you're listening and thank you so much for taking the time to join in into this show. It has been my aspiration and hope for some time now to furnish and gift my African sisters with precious and priceless knowing about ourselves and our wombs so that we are able to reclaim and regain a totality in the awareness and understanding about this core of our being, of our presence here on earth, of our purpose as women. Whoever you are, Queen, this show is for you. Be you a daughter in her teen years or a mother in her twenties or thirties, Be you a grandmother in her 40s or 50s or great-grandmother in her 60s and onwards to 120 years young. As long as you're an African womb bearer, you're a womb man and this workshop is for you. The journey into admiring and loving our wombs begins with a deep knowledge of your personal wombs. To know what our wombs are made of, to how our wombs tick, what it is that balances our wombs and what causes your own womb pain. It's a very individual journey and you'll have to listen to your own womb's response. It's a precious voyage into the very epicenter of our energies and emotions, an expedition filled with mysteries and treasures eagerly awaiting to be discovered. The importance of the African womb has been historically downplayed. And for the past 500 years or so, our history has been rewritten, and in doing so, they kind of left out the role of the womb and its significance regarding life. I speak of and for the African woman, of her story today, of the importance of our wombs. The Mito podcast and the workshops cover all aspects of whom we are as African women, which shall include her stories from our individual perspectives, including that of our grandmothers, great-grandmothers, and those whom we honor and call our ancestors. It is not a journey by me alone. I am simply of the understanding that there is a need for a vehicle for this particular journey, and providing the Maito workshop as that channel. In today's show, I'm going to talk about that thingamajig, which we are very aware of, but often downplay called women's intuition. We downplay it big time because it's a thing that many women really don't understand. Some of us use our intuition, but at very base levels or low levels, as if we're not quite sure how this superpower works, which is true. Most women don't know much about intuition. Our anatomy, however, is such that within us we have an extra plexus, spelled P-L-E-X-U-S. 
every human has a solar plexus also called the celiac plexus which is a complex system of radiating nerves and ganglia ganglia are the piping which contain hundreds of nerve cell bodies typically linked by synapses and often forming a bulge at the end of a nerve fiber the solar plexus is a huge part of the sympathetic nervous system which plays an important role in the functioning of the stomach kidneys liver and adrenal glands the solar plexus in both women and men is located in the front of the aorta or right between your breasts just under your ribcage however only women have the plexus known as the uterovaginal plexus this uteral vaginal plexus arises from the lower part of the pelvic plexus it is distributed to the walls of the vagina to the erectile tissue of the vestibule and to the nerves of the clitoris the nerves composing this plexus contain a large proportion of spinal nerve fibers the uterine plexus accompanies the uterine artery to the side of the uterus between the layers of the broad ligament and it communicates with the ovarian plexus just how many millions of nerves are in this uterine plexus altogether they're in the millions the parasympathetic nerve fibers of the uterus are derived from the pelvic splachnic nerves scientifically named s2 s4 the cervix is largely innervated a big word to confuse to confuse us sorry which simply means full of so the cervix is full of nerve fibers of the uterovaginal plexus from there these fibers are sent through what is known as the hypograstic plexus to enter the spinal cord via t10 t12 and l1 nerve fibers and onwards to the central nervous system and to what is known as the brain so queens in simple language you're extra wired with this extra plexus an extra set of intricate nerves and vessels which send billions of additional messages per day to the spinal cord and then onwards to the brain the data collected by these nerves is stored in this data bank and these memories are a very large part of what are known as your instincts now men do not have this for they are not born with wombs Ching ching. When men joke that women are wired, it's not actually a witticism, but the truth. The hypograstic plexus is cradled right above your pelvic bone, in your lower back, and these nerves are continuously gathering information about their surroundings in order to keep the womb balanced. Balanced for what? You may be asking. Baby girls are built around their wombs from the day they are born. 
it's not just about the physical color of and choosing pink clothing and dresses for a girl child as we have been led to believe no we are totally wired at birth girls have upwards of 3500 extra genes that baby boy humans do not have these woman genes are all related to the womb and the womb's dedicated functions from the physiological to the psychological variances from the way we walk to the way we talk and think from the way our bodies create ovum this is the depth of the significance of your personal womb we are wired differently those in the medicine and related fields understand and know that there are market sex based differences in the epidemiology clinical manifestations course and therapy of disease everyone in the medical field it's something that is taught but is not information given to the wider public nevertheless public knowledge is gaining ground and we're becoming woke plus converging lines of scientific evidence today all point to the same conclusion that there are psychological differences between women and men the evidences are from developmental neuroscience to medical genetics to biology to studies in cross-cultural psychology and new studies of transsexuality all these studies point out that our differences affect and infect matters as vast as for example women's sensitivity to smelly socks the dramatic physical and behavioral differences between women and males include consistent patterns around the globe of hunting versus gathering and child rearing roles as well as persistent differences in risk-taking in longevity and in mortality which point to the fact that women and men are entirely different creatures during gestation when in her mother's womb a girl's womb is formed within her at 20 weeks a female fetus has a fully developed reproductive system replete with six to seven million eggs by birth she has a womb which contains over 10 million over in other words when she's formed in the womb she's formed with the over of her own children I'm not making this stuff up but I will ask you not to believe me and to go onto Google and other sources like libraries and read this for yourself now when a woman is born with so many eggs within her she is built or completed in such a way that she is very protective of those eggs in her womb we all know that if you're carrying a basket of let's say chicken eggs you need to be very careful of the way you transport them nature is BAE nature is bay so a woman's body is made in such a way that it's an instinctive ability to be protective of her womb so she's also born with those faculties which are as a direct result of her womb she's born with the ability to see truth 
because she is truth manifested she is born with the ability to be just because within her she balances life she is born with the ability to create order because within her she has the order of life the other meanings of the word order are command instruction directive direction when our ancestors described that a woman was orderly they meant both her outer self and her inner being as within so without hold on to that line for a while so within a woman she has her ovum and her womb is sending out and receiving orders on a daily basis for example our moon cycles are naturally 28 days and in those 28 days there are explicit instructions which are given by the womb to the brain to the pituitary gland which prompts the ovaries to produce their hormones the ovaries are those two almond shaped glands located within a woman's pelvic that contain the millions of ova or eggs our ovaries naturally create and release two female hormones estrogen and progesterone to the ovum and bingo an egg is released and this egg she sticks onto the placenta wall and waits patiently for fertilization to become a fetus meanwhile the womb also begins the process of nurturing and growing a placenta that will sustain that life this is why it is imperative to understand understand that a woman's body revolves around her womb every single month these directives and orders are automatically carried out by the body whether you dear queen are conscious of it or not like clockwork your body works now the example that I gave before that women have the predisposition to be overwhelmed by something as vast as smelly socks whereas the male does not get as affected is mainly because we are given those 3,600 extra genes or so and over a trillion extra nerves as a woman for one major reason the protection of our eggs storage of eggs an African woman's womb is the storehouse of her eggs your body is a living temple, a temple of creation. Is it not a wonder then that we are told to be exceedingly careful of our temple? And is it a coincidence that within Africa's two major religions we are taught guide rules that inform us to be very careful of what we let into our temple maybe I should rephrase that into a sentence and not a question it is not a coincidence that within Africa's two major religions we are taught as women and given strict guide rules that inform us to be very careful of what and whom we let into our temple this womb we are told is a temple what we are not taught is the inner workings of this temple 
and how ignorance often leads to our sanctuaries and wombs being harmed. Queens, you have heightened perceptions from your sense of smell to skin sensations and hypersensitivity to vibrations in the air which affect both your skin and the ear, which is why we have such keen hearing sensations. You may not know it, but our skins are our largest organ. The weight of an adult's skin is about 3.6 kg and stretches out for about 22 square feet or 20 square meters. And each inch of this skin is connected to an exceedingly strong memory system where every experience from the day you are born is stored in a highly complex data storage system that men do not have. Elephants have a trunk that can pick up the smell of ripe fruit from about 10 clicks away. A cat's sense of smell is the primary way it identifies people, objects and food. The way a thing smells is more unique than a fingerprint. A rose smells like a rose. Cats and elephants and other animals don't have taste buds per se, but they have more than 200 million odor sensors in their noses, while humans have around 5 million odor sensors. Maybe less, but I'm not arguing the point. The point is this. The cat's sense of smell is 14 times better than that of male humans. And a woman has a higher sense of smell than a man. She can smell when socks are dirty. She can smell when the milk in the baby bottle has gone off slightly. She can smell when her baby has pooed from a distance. She can sense correctly when her baby is not feeling well, long before her male spouse can. Because she has over a billion extra nerves built in just for this purpose. I usually say that a woman's body is akin to one big cat's nose or elephant trunk because she can smell or feel on her sensitive skin and correctly identify smells or scents that a man has no clue he is carrying. She can taste with her tongue and identify tastes that the man has no clue he is transporting. In a single case, a woman can identify correctly what a man has had for lunch or maybe who he has kissed. This is the power of a woman's senses. That extra plexus, that extra database. I'll give you a very whack example from the clitoris. And I'll ask those of you who have undergone FGM to listen with extra care. This tiny organ has been sexually objectified to the point of antipathy and aversion. Talking about this single part of our bodies has become a taboo. A taboo. Dangerous. Bad. 
evil, wrong. And it's on the woman, the clitoris, this bad, evil, wrong thing is on the woman. Over and over again we've been told that it is a sexual organ, the queens. It is not a sexual organ, it is not. The clitoris is part of the reproductive organs. And there's a difference in language here. Let us not be ambiguous. Like the clitoris is not a sexual organ, but rather the clitoris is the gatekeeper of our wombs. The clitoris is the guard of all that enters and leaves the womb area. There are more than 36,000 nerve endings in the tip of the clitoris alone. And the clitoris is made up of 18 distinct parts. 18, one eight. That tiny part of us has 18 parts, which are a combination of erectile tissue, muscles, and nerve endings, which continually send signals to the womb's uterovaginal plexus. Messages which range from the temperature outside, because her eggs need to be a certain temperature to be healthy, to identifying what minerals leave her body through her urine, so she can replace them through her food cravings, to identifying correctly when her husband has had intercourse with another. 36,000 sensitive nerve endings are very many for an area this small, which is one of the reasons that the clitoris is known as the gatekeeper with a capital G of the vagina. There are reasons why the clitoris is imperative to our whole body physical health. However, I shall teach that in subsequent podcasts. For today we are focusing on the signals sent inwards from outside our bodies, the indicators and warnings that our vaginas respond to. For it is also wired and it has its own database signals which correctly identify foreign material on our partner's sheath. That is, both the vagina and the gatekeeper can correctly inform your brain when and if your partner has gone pussy hopping. And further, if he has had sex with someone who you know, it will correctly identify who that somebody is. Remember this, our bodies all have their own distinct sense, which are as distinct as a fingerprint. And if you have identified a scent just once, it's stored in your database. Sisters, you don't need to be an investigator to follow your man if you feel he has cheated. Simply rely on your own pussy power on your womb and the uterovaginal plexus. Queens, it is not a crime to have powerful intuition. It is not against religion. And neither is it evil, nor is it forbidden for us to learn how to rely on and depend on ourselves. So welcome sisters to this mito journey of learning and understanding more about our wounds. We've reached the end of part one of this intuition series. 
and I'll ask you to please share this link with your GFFs and sisters, with your moms and even your grandmothers, with your school, college and workmates. Also note that Maito is on Instagram as a public page and on Facebook as a member's page. Both links are in the intro section of this podcast. There I will share pictures of our body's anatomy so that you can comprehend further and be able to visualize the intricate internal workings of your womb. Thank you so much for taking your precious time to listen in and please join me for part two of this exciting woman intuition series and because it is so exciting i'm not going to wait until next week i'm going to wait until tomorrow shukrani na asanteni kwaheri